You're listening to Your Highest Self Podcast, episode 45, Life After Macros with Paige. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for investing in your mind and doing it with me today. I am excited today. We have a coaching session. And if you listened to last week's episode on healing your diet mentality, you might remember me mentioning someone who sent me a DM. She was getting ready for her wedding and she really wanted to let go of tracking macros, but she had this irrational fear that she was going to go out of control. So she inspired that episode last week. And this week she is on as a, as a coaching session. Um, so today I'm talking to Paige Butler. She's from Colorado. Um, she'll explain her story, but I want to give you some preface is that she had decided to let go of tracking her macros after she sent me that DM. So it's been two weeks of intuitive eating, one, four, three method, eat method. So, um, I just want to give you that context because the whole episode, uh, that we were talking at the very end, I was like, how long have you been doing this? And she's like, oh, it's been two weeks. And it's just crazy because she's been doing so much healing work, you know, prior to her letting go of her macros. And then to just see, just to see like how she did all this healing work. And then she finally let the macros grow, let the macros go and, and how that's been for her and what she's been kind of experiencing the last two weeks, the stuff that's been going through her mind. And, um, honestly, just all the work that she's done, that's truly set her up for success. And I really mean that because talking to her, I was like, I don't even see an opportunity for coaching. Like you've literally done all the work and she'll, you'll hear her explain that she really has. She's taken the episodes. She's, you know, sat down. She's done the journaling. She's done the deep work. She's gotten emotional. She's done so much healing. And, um, it honestly made my heart like just so happy to, to hear that and to see the benefits of what it looks like when you do the work. So a couple things, when you listen to today's episode, I want you to know that while it might sound, she might be making everything sound so easy, but as you'll hear from her, she's been doing so much work listening to all the episodes, really diving deep and when you are ready and when you let the macros go, if you've been doing the work, it is so easy. It's not as scary as you've been telling yourself that irrational fear that we talked about last week. Like she's really proven it to herself that she does have control and she can trust her body and she can trust her hunger and her intuitive signals. At the very end of the episode, I share a tool um, about setting some alarms, learning how to develop that intuitive um, nuance that you need that's telling you when you're hungry or when you're full. And we'll also have that typed out in the show notes for you. Um, so without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You're going to love Paige. She, um, we talked for a long time, so, um, grab a tea. Um, you know, this isn't one of those learning episodes, but just grab a tea and dig in and, um, just want to give a shout out to Paige. Thank you so much for taking the time to record this episode with me. It was so nice to meet you. And if you are craving an hour to talk with me and connect and, um, perhaps being able to share some wisdom. Um, um, or even just being coached so that we can all benefit from it. I'm always looking for guests because I always want to connect with you who's listening. Um, You can just reach out to me via email or DM me on Instagram. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Paige. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. I'm so excited to have you. So um, 
everyone heard your intro, um, but I'm just going to say it again. If you listened to last week's episode on healing your diet mentality, Paige was actually the one who had reached out and told me her story. And um, you sent me two novels, which I love. (laughs) Yes. I love it when people send me novels. And she had said she had this like irrational fear. Um, So she is what inspired last week's episode. And she so graciously is um, showing up today and, you know, sharing herself for us so we can do a coaching session so we can all learn from this. Um, But before we get into that, would you just give us, um, Paige, like who you are, where you're from and anything you feel called to share about yourself? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad I found your podcast and just your page in general. It was just like a timing thing and it helped me so much. Um, But yeah, so I live in Colorado Springs. Um, My fiance and I, we own a gym out here um, where I'm a physical therapist and um, it's really cool to own your own business. There's a lot that goes with it, but um, I do love it. Um, I guess like I've always been into fitness um, ever since I was young. I remember um, my mom was like my idol with that. She was like always doing something. Um, She played tennis, did Ironmans, you know, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, from an early age, I've always been into it. Um, I played soccer in college. Um, so I did like division one soccer. And then after that, um, I did Ironman. So, um, you know, triathlons and then I did a bikini, uh, competition. Um, and there's kind of like, a a reason why I did the bikini competition and like all areas of my life, like there are different types of fitness, but there's always like me just pushing it to the limit. Like with soccer, it was like pushing it to the limit with the Ironman. It was like pushing my body to the limit and the bikini competition, that kind of thing. So um, I like to really like work hard and that kind of thing. So I think that's sometimes where I can also lose connection with like, what do I really need? What does my body need? And that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I think um, over that time, uh, some emotional things, some tragic things happened. I lost my mom about like five years ago. Um, So I think that's where I just started getting this unhealthy relationship with food, where I started emotionally eating. I never had a problem with my weight. And so that's kind of where we came about for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I can have some context, did the bikini yeah. competition happen after or before your mom's passing? So after. After. Yeah. And was, was it doing it, was part of you doing it because to get in shape? Like, did you use the competition as a means of motivation? Yeah. So um, after my mom passed, so real quick, this will be good too, is that um, when my mom passed, she... Um, me and her were actually training for our first Ironman to do together. And so that was something that was really special to us. So she actually was killed when she was riding her bike. Um, And so, you know, that was just, it was, it was very tragic, but anyways, I ended up still doing the Ironman because, and I fundraised for um, drunk driving, like ending drunk diving, that kind of thing. And, um, but after that, you know, you do something, right so big and you know it takes so long to get to and train for and so after that there was kind of that letdown period and 
Um, that's when I started, you know, eating way more than usual. Um, and I probably put on like 15 to 20 pounds over my natural body weight, just like a healthy, you know, active body weight. And so, you know, I saw these things about bikini competitions and, you know, you should do this and get a coach. And so I did that and, um, you know, it was really fulfilling in the moment, Mm. but then after it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to sustain this. You know what I mean? And you know, because um, you've done that too, but it's just like, you're doing like hours of cardio. You're eating like nothing. Your hormones are just all over the place. Um, And everyone's like, oh, you look so good. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I bust my ass. Of course I look good. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, I'm miserable. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's just like, you know, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, yeah, that's where I kind of got into the beginning competition. And then ever since that, it's just been like, hmm, how can I like keep my body like looking the way I want it to look through food? Because that's what I did to get my natural kind of body back. But it wasn't... um, it's just like I lost total connection with who I was in terms of like when I'm hungry, you know, what do I want to eat? Um, I lost that intuitive side of myself. And like, I would like look back at pictures. And I think you talked about this in one of your episodes, like the inner child. Mm-hmm. And I need to do a lot of work with that. Oh, but we'll I looked, do it right now. Yeah, I know, right? I look back at a picture of myself when I was like 16 playing soccer and I was like, that girl literally didn't think anything about her body. Like, I want to get back to that. And so that helped me a lot because I knew then that in order to get that, I needed to step away from tracking and, you know, just putting everything on a schedule and being so type A. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so now fast forward to today, are yeah. you still tracking your macros? You've got the wedding in September, right? Congratulations, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was, and I'm not going to lie, like when I listened to your podcast, um, it was kind of like that breaking point where I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Like mm-hmm. I was tracking my macros and I was working out like six days a week and I was so excited like oh I'm gonna get ready for my bachelor party and you know my wedding and it's like why am I doing this when literally everyone around me loves me for like who I am and like not what I look like and losing an extra five pounds is not going to do anything um I think you just get so caught up in it that you're just like I need to do this and like Yeah. So I listened to, you know, a couple of your episodes and it just really resonated with me. And it just gave me that courage to be like, I want to be Paige again. And I don't want to have to just keep on relying on like going back on that diet or going back to those macros or, okay, you know, you not binge over the weekend, but you overeat and you let yourself go, but it's like, oh, I need to get back. But the whole time when you're you know, binging or overeating, you're thinking about, oh, it's okay on Monday, I'll just get back on track. And it's like, that's not sustainable either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just being really hard on myself. And it's like, for what? <laughs> yeah, for what? Yeah. What were, you, what were you being so hard on yourself for? I don't know. I think 
um, like just for the wedding, I think like I really put a lot of pressure on myself to look a certain way because I am a trainer. I am a physical therapist. Um, and like, I, you know, I'm always talking about health and fitness and I'm never like going to be that like top, like 5% of being lean. Like I am in good shape and I'm very healthy and like, you know, that's always something I have, but I'll never be like that bikini lean or you know what I mean um but yeah I don't know I think it's just once you get there you want to like maintain it but you realize it's just not maintainable or sustainable or healthy at all Mm -hmm. yeah so I want you to catapult yourself back into like when you were perhaps at your leanest like physically in shape oh yeah where was your mindset were you were you the pay like were you proud to be who you were back then Oh my gosh, no, I was so anxious all the time, which I had never been before. I'm like thinking about like, you know, I'm tracking, I'm planning my meals out before the day. And it's like, who does that? You know, like I felt so type A, I would like go on my fitness pal and be like, okay, I can have this for breakfast, lunch, dinner. And, um, you know, I can save this for a treat in that day. It was just like so stressful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my workouts were crazy like I would have to maintain like just a very high intensity workout the whole time so like I couldn't enjoy what I was actually doing or actually enjoying the workout because I was like worried about like who's on the squat rack because I needed to use that next like it was just so extreme it was so crazy I look back at it and I'm like I was psychotic (laughs) but I feel like people get that way when they have you know, this kind of routine or this goal they're trying to achieve. Um, But yeah, and um, I was actually looking at your um, post recently and you talk a lot about hormone health and I'm so into women's hormones. Um, It's like one of my biggest things that I love learning about. And so that was a big thing I touched on after this whole thing is like, you know, being in sync with your menstrual cycle and knowing all the different hormonal fluctuations and that kind of thing. And that's one thing, like I lost my period for like three years. I feel like it was, it was bad. So yeah. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's like a million ways I can go into this conversation. I know. I'm giving you so much. (laughs) Um, One, as just like a side note. Yeah. Do you right now do you like cycle sync are you in touch with like your your feelings in your body and like where you're at on your period and do you adjust your workout schedule to it yeah so I'm getting better with that because I use the my flow app like I think you use yeah so you know I'm big into like knowing like when I am on my period like taking rest um you know not feeling bad about rest days whereas like before like it didn't matter like I'm pushing through this workout like no matter what and I'm not gonna let myself eat more even though my body needs more because I'm having a period you know what I mean um so yeah I'm definitely like obviously now that I'm into like you know letting my body have what it needs I'm going to touch on that a lot more um but you know when I was tracking my macros I was like all or nothing mentality like Mm -hmm. nope can't can't touch that right now because 
I'm tracking my macros. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I can't even have avocado, more avocado during my period because I don't have enough fat. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm so excited that you've let the macros go. Cause last time we talked, you were still tracking your macros. So I'm so happy. Everyone give snaps to pay. Yes. Yes. I know. You did it. So uh, let's dive into that. Cause I think that's the part where it's never, it's always, I mean, it's not easy, but it's yeah. easiest when you first do it. Cause it's like, okay, I've let this go. I'm, I'm embarking on this new journey. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been your biggest obstacles as of late since you've let go of macros and you're still getting married in September, that's still happening. Um, yeah. so what have been some of the challenges that you've been going through? Um, so at first it was just like, am I going to gain weight? Am I going to overeat am I going to um you know just kind of go crazy um and like feel like I'm not making any progress or I'm losing all the progress I made and it's so crazy because when you don't make weight loss like your goal in life Mm -hmm. literally you're not going to gain weight like I feel like it's just so it's like mind-blowing you're like oh I'm doing all this and you're working so hard, it's like, you're, you're not even letting your body be natural, like where it should go. And like, I already know, like, naturally, my body probably sits a lot lower at a, of a weight than it does right now after tracking macros for so long. Because like, when you're not hungry, you're still eating because you have those left. Exactly. And it's, that, it's that mindset that you said, like about scarcity mindset. And it's just like, you can have that extra you know, sweet potato, if you want it, like, you don't have to save your carbs for anything. Like, it's so crazy to think like, you know, going over 10 grams of carbs, you're like freaking out. And it's like, um, that's literally nothing. So yeah, I think that was a big thing is just like, you know, um, right now, I'm letting my body, I'm eating what I want, when I want, and I'm just understanding there's going to be a lot of stages in this um, and just trying to be, you know, be, have grace with myself. And honestly, whenever I'm having like anxiety or anything about it or doubting myself, I literally go on and I listen to a podcast because I think it's all about community and having that, um, that help there. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to cry. <laughs> it's so beautiful I love that well I'm so happy that you gave yourself the grace and that you have let it go because Mm -hmm. exactly what you said um the energy in which we do something makes a bigger impact than what we do itself so Mm -hmm. if you are you know um like forcing yourself to meet those carbohydrates stress on the body not allowing yourself to eat more stress on the body um And the overeating and the undereating is also breaking trust with your body. So how are you going to learn to trust your intuition when you force yourself to eat when you're not hungry and vice versa, you know? Yeah, no. And it's like, I I resonated with when you said it too, it's like, you know, you want to have kids one day. You don't want to bring this, like, like, why, why am I going to wait to start doing this intuitive eating and like wait till after my wedding? Like it just, there's never going to be a right time. Like you just need to do it, you know? Um, Like, I don't know. I just feel like 
their diets do not work or any kind of restriction. It's just like, I can't believe I ever like thought it did. And it's just crazy to think that. You know what I mean? All of us thought it did. I mean, that's the society we live in. The society we live in, um, you know, that's fat phobia. We're afraid of gaining weight. We're afraid of having weight on our bodies. We're so used to seeing like Photoshopped images of women on the front of magazines. And we we don't see the in-between because we see either like Sports Illustrated or we see um, plus-size modeling on Sports Mm -hmm. Illustrated. You know what I mean? So it's like... You're either really skinny or you're rather larger bodied. And so Uh I think a lot of like my clients, especially those in the bikini competition world, they, you know, see all these photos of people on Instagram. And let me tell you, to put one photo on Instagram, you got to take like 30 photos. Oh, yeah. Oh, when I've been there, done that girl. Oh, my gosh. Terrible. So knowing that, why are we comparing ourselves to bodies on the internet? Because this is all comparison driven when, you Mm -hmm. know, we talk about like our body image and. I want to be leaner. Well, for what? Well, for, you know, other people. I want other people yeah. to think good with me. So um, it, it's in society. So you're not crazy for ever having thought that dieting is what would make you happy, is what would give you the body that you want because the diet industry is billions and billions of dollars dollars, sure. and capitalizes on our insecurity. So yeah. you saying, I like myself. This mm-hmm. is age. This is good. If I gain weight, great. If I lose weight, great but this is who I am. You saying that is like you standing up against diet culture. And I think that if all of us could stand up and and do that, we'd put it out of business. Oh, for sure. And it's the hard thing to do. Like, I mean, I wish I could tell every like person I come in contact with, like, you have to dig deep. Like it's hard work, Mm -hmm. but it is so worth it. Like I cannot imagine... Like the thing, the thought of just like being stressed about what I was eating and what I look like for the rest of my life is, that's awful. Like, what are you looking for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And what trauma are you going to pass on to your, to your daughters, you know, kids? Yeah. Um, because our kids, one, like, you know, ancestral trauma can be handed down to you. And then on the other hand, they, it's role model. Oh, yeah, if you can't sure. be comfortable in your body now, then that's the message that we send, right? Yeah. Um, so I'd love to dive into that actually about body image specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Before we had hit record, I asked you what were some of the things that you wanted to really kind of focus coaching on. And one of those was um, what to do on the down days, like on the days that you're just feeling kind of snacky. Yeah. And then go ahead. Um. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to have those days and I know like certain type times in my menstrual cycle too, I get like that. And I'm just like, I need to just stay away from the mirrors or like if I am going to be near the mirror, just like be neutral or like, you know, I, in my gym, I have mirrors all around. So yeah. like every day I'm training and doing PT, I'm literally, I see myself. So that was something I really struggled with at first. Because, like, on a regular job, you're just sitting at a desk, right? And you're, you don't get that, you know, that um, image every day where you're just looking at yourself and seeing yourself at every angle. Um, but I think for the down days, um, I really just try to do, I honestly, I'll look at, you know, pictures of when I felt really connected with myself the most. 
Mm -hmm. Like I'll look at old pictures, old memories, not to compare my body, but to just be like, okay, who was Paige in that mindset? Was she happy? Um, Did she have a good relationship with food? Um, That kind of thing. I think for me, it's not about, it is about body image, but the biggest thing is it's more like what my relationship with food is and fitness. And that really grounds me whenever I think about that, because even when I had the best body image ever, I was not happy with my body image because I wasn't good with my relationship with with food because I knew that like I was depriving myself or I was going to, you know, overeat because I had a bite of that cookie and it was so good and I'm just going to eat it because, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So that helps ground me when I have bad body image days. Mm, I love that. Um, When... You think back to not only just your childhood, but more so like when your mom passed Mm -hmm. and you didn't allow yourself to really grieve. What did you use as a coping mechanism back then? Oh, so my coping mechanism was literally training for an Ironman. So I would go on these, you know, 10, 20 mile runs, 50 mile bike rides, and I would just push myself so hard. Like, you know, during that time, I would think about my mom and I would talk to her. And I I think that was a grieving mechanism, but I would make myself so tired that I would kind of just like not really take in what happened. Yeah. Um, So I don't think I grieved the right way. And I think that's why after that, I reached that goal of doing the Ironman. That's why I kind of had that that um, phase after where I kind of, um, you know, I emotionally ate and yeah, I just kind of had that stage. So, um, but now I feel that I'm doing a ton more work um, internally and it's just crazy. I've come a long way, but um, it's, it's, it's really hard when you're in it, you know? so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a moment to acknowledge all the hard work you've done. Yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot for sure. And have you ever just stopped to think and just be proud of yourself? What would your mom say to you right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that really I, I have to talk to myself on my down days too is like, I literally like my mom was perfect and I looked at her that way and that's how she looked at me. So why can't I look at myself that way? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that helps me too. Mm-hmm. Why can't you see yourself as perfect? Um, I think it might've been some things that came from my mom and I know it wasn't her fault. And I know, you know, she had some struggles struggles there but I remember she had like six-pack abs and she'd be like oh feeling fat today and you know I I don't think she didn't mean to do that but you know that's something that passed along to me and it wasn't until later when after my mom passed I was kind of seeking that approval from her because Mm -hmm. I think what happened was after my mom passed I gained that weight right And the reason I kept gaining it and kind of out of control was I was just always seeking approval from when my mom was alive, I was this petite girl. And I just said, I need to just get back to that because that's how my mom knew me. 
Mm. And that's how I was when she was alive. And there's tons of stuff I need to work on and stuff, but I've really um, nailed down that that's probably why I I um, just kept kind of spiraling out of control and like had those body image issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the specific thought? Um, I think just like she, she would, uh, it's not that she would comment on my appearance, but she's like, oh, you're just such good shape, you know? And I wanted to be back to that. Mm. And, and it was just like, oh, I'm not there. So I just felt not as connected to her mm. in a way. So the thought is like when I'm in the best shape that I'm most connected to my mom, because that's how, that's what she valued in me. I don't think it's like necessarily what she valued in me because she like I know she like truly loved me but in a lot of ways that's how we we always were active together we were running together we were biking together swimming together you know that's how it always was um so I think just trying to tap back into those days and those memories that's kind of where I would go with it mm mm-hmm. And it, can that, be, it can be kind of complex, but no, you know that makes I mean? sense. yeah, yeah. But is, is that thought true? Is that thought? No, yeah, not at all. No, and I and like um, I the way I try to view myself now is like talking to you know myself as if I was like a little girl. Like, mm-hmm. am I gonna? The biggest thing that I've learned is like judging myself gets me nowhere, and that's like oh my gosh, I would do that every day. I would be like, oh my gosh, you know, you look so bad right now. And it would just be like, why are you saying that? Like, would you tell your child that? Or would you tell your, you know, 10 year old self that? Mm -hmm. Like, no, of course not, you know? Um, But yeah, one of your episodes I listened to about, you know, the judgment and getting rid of that inner critic. And that's been huge for me. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You're probably the first person who's like actually implemented everything that I've taught. <laughs> oh my gosh. When I tell you I'm like type A, I am. <laughs> you do all the homework, huh? Like everything I talk about, like you actually. Oh my gosh. I re- yes. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my gosh. One thing I have to say is like, I love to work on myself, but I think like that's something that can also be challenging because I'm always like, I judge myself because yeah. if I don't work on myself, I do judge myself. And I'm like, well, you didn't do anything today. So, you know, what are you doing now? That's going to better yourself for tomorrow. Or like, um, so that's, that's something that I do have to work on being a little bit more graceful with that, but I do love diving deep and like getting emotional and like knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. believe that you're not broken? Do you believe that there's nothing about you that you need to fix? Um, yes, I do believe that, but I do know that I'm going to have hard days. And on those hard days, I want to have good ways. I want to have ways that I can um, talk to myself and get out of those hard days rather than just bringing myself down more. How do you feel about allowing yourself to have a hard day? Oh, so much better. Some days I just am like, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I'm going to go do one little thing that makes me happy. And if that's like going to get a coffee from my local coffee shop that I just love and just like 
you know, keeping my pajamas on for a couple hours, like I'm fine with that. Like I am cool with that. And it's so, it's just like becoming more self-aware of like mental health and like knowing like it's okay to have, to not be going hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the self-help gets a little bit addicting and I used to be that way as well, where I'd like go to my therapist's office and I'd like talk to her about that. And, uh, for a while, and I don't know maybe if this is where you are, but for a while, I always had to be improving myself. Yeah. I'm always listening to a podcast or reading a book or doing something. I couldn't just fold the laundry with silence. I yes. always felt like I had to maximize my time. Is yes, I, I do feel like that sometimes. Um, for sure. Yeah, because if I'm not doing that, I'm I'm kind of, um, sometimes then I'll get down and I'll kind of think about like my past ways and I'm like, uh-oh, I can't go there. Um, so yeah, I do see that sometimes for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, and I notice that in a lot of high achieving women, like women, not, not only just like athletes, but anyone who really resonates with like ambition, because we're a rare breed. And there are some people that look at us and they're like, I don't know. Like I look at people who don't accomplish anything. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Some people look at us the same way where they're like, how, how? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so self-improvement, the trap sometimes though is, is this, is thinking that we always have to be improving ourselves. Yes. And this is a lot of masculine energy. This is, yes. the, thing. This is the executing, the planning, alignment. Mm-hmm. The feminine energy is, and this is kind of like we're talking about with hormones, is really allowing yourself to relax and be. And that some slowing down, my latest mantra is slowing down is a power move. Yes, I love that. I saw that you posted that. So how can you slow down? How can you stop this hamster wheel self-improvement that you're on? Mm-hmm. How would um, that look for you? I think the one thing that I've been doing, which is way better, is um, for me, is improving like my faith. So like my relationship with God, Mm -hmm. Um, I know this might not resonate with everyone um, because everyone has different religions and faith, but that helps me to calm down and slow down. So like every morning I do wake up and I do a devotional Mm -hmm. and versus like, you know, self-improvement, it's more like, you know, you're connecting. Yeah. So that I feel more like feminine energy for me, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Um, it's for anybody who believes anything, if you're spiritual, it doesn't matter what it is. Some people Mm -hmm. say God, some people say source, some people say universe. It's all the same thing. It's putting your faith in a higher power outside of you. Um, I love that you've been doing that because that is feminine energy. That is surrendering. That's, you know, putting it outside of yourself and saying, Hey, I'm really strong but I'm going to lean on you for support and I'm going to lean on my faith and I'm going to lean on God and I'm going to ask for guidance and just help and support. And like, that's you being in your feminine. How cool, huh? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad you told me that because, um, it, you know, cause you do think like sometimes people are like, Oh, you wake up and do a devotional. Like, Oh, that's really good for your, yourself. And it's like, it's good for myself, but no, it's actually good for, you know, my relationship with God and my faith. 
Yes. It's not really about myself. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. I'm glad we brought that up. Um, I think it's important for all of us to find our faith, you know, whatever you decide, whatever religion or whatever you believe in. And, and even if you're agnostic, I mean, it's the same thing. You have a faith in something. Um, I think that we're all being sort of like awakened a little bit to realize that there, like there is a higher power out there. And even though we are very ambitious and goal-driven and we do things all on our own Mm -hmm. we can ask for help. And we don't have to do it all on our own. And in my own healing journey, finding faith and surrendering to that faith has literally been everything. Oh, yeah. Because um, I, I just try to do it all by myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where that self-improvement sort of like addiction comes in, where it's like you think you're broken or you just think that there's always something to improve. And so you're kind of relentless on that journey. Yeah. And being able to be present, talk to God, just be there and be in your being rather than trying to do things all the time. That's mm-hmm. really going to help you balance. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because when you do have your, um, you know, most of your mental energy on your physique and your, your nutrition and all this, it takes away from so much more energy that you have to just be your highest self. Like you yeah. talk about, And it's just like crazy because I was thinking about a couple months ago when I was really trying, you know, to um, lose, lose some, a little bit more weight and slim up. And, you know, I was doing workouts six days a week. Like I would wake up at 5am and instead of like waking up and journaling, like I am now from five to six, I would go straight to the gym Mm -hmm. and like you lose all of that time and that energy that you have you should devote to something like that. Whereas like your sole focus is on that. And that's when you become such a hard critic of like what you look like. And, you know, it's just crazy when it's just at all, it's like all kind of all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think balance is, you know, it's so important, but I also think balance is so hard to achieve too. <laughs> so I think it's like, you need to just, um, I, I think you guys have to have a perspective of what balance is for you because it's different for everyone. Right. Well, we, we get to have balance. It's not ever anything that we need. Um, yeah. So if anyone is ever like, well, like for you yourself, if you ever find yourself saying, well, I need to work out or I need to journal, I need to listen to this podcast, I need to do this, just switch it to I get to. Mm, yeah. And that's when the expectation and the pressure goes away. Because every time you say need, it's like, oh, I need to get this done. It's a pressure. It's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, get to is a perspective shift. And it's like, oh yeah, no, that's abundance, right? Yeah, the abundance part is I get to. Uh, I think balance is a myth. Yeah, I know. And you're always, everyone's always like preaching it. And I'm like, oh, it don't work I like that. Not, I have not achieved that yet. It don't work like that. Of all the goals I've ever achieved in my life is not because I had balanced buckets everywhere. It's because I went all in on one thing. Yeah. And then you picked up a little bit from that. You learned it and then you carried it on to the next all or nothing thing you did. Exactly. So I think like we can, we can learn to see in, in color and that's what you're doing now with your healing. You've let go of macros. I'm so happy you did. Oh Uh, my gosh, me too. I'm so happy. How many weeks has it been or has it been a month? No, it's literally been two weeks. And two weeks. This whole conversation that we've had and literally have only been two weeks. No, I'm telling you, there was a big buildup. There was a big buildup to it though. Like I knew I needed to. And 
um, like I had been each week, like I still had, was tracking, but like on the weekend I would be like, Oh, like I already know what's in everything I eat anyways. So I'm just going to like not track, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like slowly like allowing myself like more, you know, balance and like, um, that kind of thing. But yeah, no, I know it sounds like I've been like on a journey for a little bit, but no, it's it's two weeks. <laughs> Literally been two weeks. I'm so excited though, because um, I think after hearing like last week's and then, so this is what the journey has been for her for two weeks, like two weeks of letting yeah. go of your macros. Um, yeah, and I'm never ever, like when I say like, like there was times in the past where I'd be like, okay, well, I'll just stop for a while. And like, I can always just go back to them in the future whenever I want to do a cut or like whenever I want to look good in bikini, but I'm like, no, like I'm never going back. Like that is, I just can't do that mental energy about my physique and nutrition anymore. And that's like been the most freeing thing ever. Yeah. Once you're done, you're done. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I can't believe this is how I've been living my life. Um, (laughs) So now you see life in color. Now you're seeing all the beautiful grays and blues and pinks. And you're seeing, oh, I can have this and that. I can rest Mm -hmm. and work. I can have wine and chocolate and vegetables. Like you can have all of them. Yeah. So a couple of the challenges that you're probably going to face then in the next couple months, um, you might see weight gain happen. Mm-hmm. You might, you just might. Yeah. Um, and how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, if it happens, I don't think it's going to be unhealthily, be un, like unhealthy because I, I still like know that I am, I mean, I don't want to say I'm a healthy person, but I know like what I eat makes me feel good. And I know that I'm, I, um, with this, not this, not this scarcity mindset, I'm not going to binge on things. Like if I want that piece of chocolate, I'll have it and I won't think about it. And like, I mean, I have to do a lot of journaling for that because sometimes I do get a little bit anxiety after I eat something that I'm not used to eating. Um, so it is going to be a process, but I think overall, like, I'm not scared about it, no. I mean, at first I was, but at the end of the day, it's like, what's a couple pounds when it's literally, it's nothing. Yeah. No one notices. No one notices. Who cares anyways? I hope you've thrown your scale away. Oh, I did. And that food scale. Oh, yeah. Oh, my my gosh. This is so free. (laughs) Ah, hallelujah it's Um, so bad yeah I'm so happy for you so like okay here's the thing about like body weight is that just as there's seasons in in the year four seasons the seasons Mm -hmm. of our 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 period our body goes through seasons there might be some seasons where you're a little bit leaner just because of what you're going through either that might be higher stress or maybe it's just a summer season where you're you're moving a lot you're busy and you know, it's, it's just what it is. And then there's some where we gain a little bit of weight. I mean, when we just take away that stigma of that weight, gaining weight is bad. We then give ourselves permission to just be as we are. And when we do gain weight, it's not a big deal. It's just, it just is. And you just go on with your life. And so this is the part where it's like, my lifestyle creates my body. My body doesn't create my lifestyle. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. And you have a healthy lifestyle. You're a trainer, you're, you're a doctor, <laughs> like you've mm-hmm. you know, done Ironmans. I know Ironmans are extremely like taxing on the body. So it's like, you know what it's like to be a high performance athlete. You know how to eat like a high performance athlete and you know how to live and train like one. Yeah. Exactly. So we don't have to be afraid. You, you know, you're not just some, my favorite word is like Momo. You're not some Momo off the street who knows nothing about nutrition and fitness. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Most people listening to this podcast have either competed or have dieted a lot or have read all the nutrition books because we're all like mm-hmm. these like type A, we just love to learn. Yeah. So you guys have all the information. Oh, for sure. So and it's kind of scared. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because um like just like you I'm sure like anything you look at a piece of food you probably know exact macronutrient profile exactly and it's almost I want to like unlearn that yes yes and that's the the journey you're on the unlearning process yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so Um, I think it's good to know it's good self-awareness but at the end of the day it's like you know it's it's you don't need to do that for your life like you like a lot of people I feel like they think um you know they have to have this certain macronutrient profile their whole life they need to be on these macros their whole life and it's like your body goes through so many seasons like especially with women that get pregnant like they're like oh I gotta lose this this baby weight and it's like no your body just went through such a traumatic thing like yeah literally yeah. And so like stuff like that, but yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, you're never going to eat perfect ever again. You know, this, mm-hmm. there are going to be some days you emotionally eat and, and just be okay with that. Be okay with knowing that like, you know what, this is how I'm coping with my emotions right now. And I'm going to love myself through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad when it comes to food. Food is not a moral issue. I think what's more important is like your intention behind it. And so if you are going to, you know, have a pint of ice cream, have a pint of ice cream because you want to have it, not because you are actively buffering or avoiding the work, you know, like if you are journaling and you're doing the work, you're meditating, you're doing your breath work, you are pouring into yourself and you want to have a pint of ice cream, have a pint of ice cream. There's like nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. Like it all comes down to is um, like self-worth and knowing like that's kind of the foundation of this whole thing. And that's something that it's, it's going to take me a long time and it's going to take me daily work, but I know that that's like the most important thing about this whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. It is literally the foundation of your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why the one, four, three method was born because I was like, okay, I want to unlearn macros. Yeah. So how, how, how do I just eat normally again? Um, one plate, four components. And then like, as time has gone on, it's been, I don't know, like two years now since that I still, I still eat that way because that's just naturally how I eat, but I don't force myself to have protein in every meal. Yes. Yes. I don't force myself to have carbs or fats in every single meal. So I think in the very beginning, like for anyone who's listening, that's like, okay, I want to let go of macros. What do I do? I do recommend having like flexible, loose structure. So, and then that way, what it does is it stabilizes your blood sugar. You have all four components on your plate. You've got fiber, you've got fats, you've got carbs, you've got protein. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about not eating enough. Cause I think that's another thing a lot of women tend to do is we don't eat enough. And so when you can meet your nutritional requirements and you have a snack channel, then you can feel good. Like, okay, like I, I nourished myself today. And then you just start doing some, some investigative work. You think to yourself, okay, like how did I feel after that meal? 
I was actually way too full or I wasn't full enough. And then you start to adjust based on that. Um, yeah. yeah. And then as time goes on, it just gets even easier and easier. But in order for that one, four, three method to work, you, you have to do the mindset stuff. So you have to be able to, um, enjoy your food. So the eat EAT, mm-hmm. you have to enjoy your food. If you are not enjoying what you're eating, then you will binge. It's just, it's science. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> literally binge. And then you've got to have that abundance mindset. And, um, the three key habits are, I think are the best places to go. So there are a couple, um, women inside the membership who are working through this and like their nutrition habits. And, you know, we did a thought model for one of them and I was like, okay, what's going to be. So she was in a negative thought loop about food and about letting herself eat whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. So she had, you know, like of macros and meal plans, but she was still in a negative thought loop of like, this isn't going to work. She was like skeptical. Yeah. And so that was actually causing her to binge eat. So we did the thought model and then her homework, her love work is the three key habits. And that's your three promises to yourself. And so Mm -hmm. this work is hard. Like, you know, you're sitting here, you're telling me, I know, but it's worth it. Oh, for sure. It's worth it. And unlearning sometimes is the hardest portion of it. But once you've unlearned and you've woke, like unwoven your self-worth from your body mm-hmm. started to follow your passions and your dreams and your purpose, which I'm going to ask you that next. Yeah. Uh, you have just so much more energy for life. Yeah. And just one thing about um, kind of like the eating side of things after transitioning off of macros, like you, you definitely like will surprise yourself. Like I noticed like the other day and I mean, I know like I've had a good like, I don't want to say I have had a good week, but I meant like a good week in terms of like being good with myself and not judging myself. Um, but like the other day I had lunch and I did, you know, the one, four, three method mm-hmm. that you do. And that's just some way I like to eat too. Yeah. But like then after that, like I had some chips with like um, salmon dip and I was like, okay, for dinner, I always have like a carb and it's like, I need that carb because I know I want it. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, last night at dinner, like I didn't even want the carb. And it's just like, I never thought that day would come where I like needed that. Do you know what I mean? You never thought the day would come where you wouldn't eat something. Yeah. Like where I needed it. And I was like, I didn't want it. Like I just wanted like the protein, like a a steak and Brussels sprouts. And I was like, fine with that. But it was like, it was just mind blowing. It's like, you just never think like, you're not going to think about, you know, the next meal or that kind of thing. So, you know, I know these are things that are possible in the future, like getting to the point where I'm not thinking about the next meal or like, you know, how hungry I am. And so those are things I've been noticing along the way. And um, yeah, so that's nice. I forgot if I shared this tool on the show. I don't know if I have, but um, have you, I probably haven't. So I'm going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times switching to intuitive eating is hard because we like don't know what it feels like to be hungry. Yeah. We're like not sure because you've been eating on a schedule. So take your phone and set three alarms. Um, I would set one like at 10, like mid-morning, maybe like three hours after breakfast, another one a couple hours later, another one in the evening. Um, and the alarms, when the alarm pops up, it's just an opportunity for you to check in. Oh, okay. I like that. How am I feeling? Um, it's like, okay, what are my hunger signals on a scale of one to 10? How hungry am I? How am I feeling? How am I bored? Am I hungry? Am I thinking about anything? Am I sad? Something trigger me? And it's just literally checking in. And that's what creates mindfulness. 
Yeah. And that's what helps you um, really navigate like what your hunger is. That's how you learn what your, what your hunger signals are. Yeah. So, kind of like reprogram your brain. Exactly. So um, the acronym I use is, is your heck and check. I learned this from Jade Tita and that's hunger, energy, and cravings. And that's also the three questions you can ask yourself when that alarm comes up. How's my hunger? How's my energy? How's my cravings? How am I feeling? Um, and this over time sounds obsessive. We're sending three alarms a day, but what it does is this is how you develop that nuance between am I hungry or am I bored? How am I feeling? Did I eat too much or did I eat too little? And so when you do this process of checking in with yourself a couple of times a day for like a week, you don't have to do it for a week. um, You just get so much more intuitive. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I'm going to try that for sure. Build the intuition. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's it's very helpful. Um, This is what mindfulness is. This is mindful eating. It's just the habit and the learning of checking in, seeing how you feel, what's coming up for you. That's literally all that it is. It just takes a long time to develop it. But every new state of being can only be created through daily repetition. So Mm -hmm. those two for doing the work. Yeah. No, I'm definitely going to implement that for sure. I love that. Um, I'll also have it typed out in the blog post of this show notes. So if you guys want to go and check it out, you can. Um, so two more questions for you. I wanted to know, like, do you have a secret dream? I feel like you're already living it, but do you have one? Oh, gosh. Um, honestly, I I just really want to be a mom so bad. <laughs> like, yeah, no, when that day comes, it's just going to be, it will be amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I love working. I love helping people, um, you know, increase their function of life, you know, anything with injuries and that kind of thing. And, you know, but I think, like, overall, like, that's, like, always been, like, such such an amazing thing to me, especially because I had such an amazing mom. And so, um, yeah, I know that might sound like, you know, just a generic goal. But it's, like, so, I yeah, like, that's literally, like, so, yeah. It's like a precious thing to me. So yeah. I love that. I'm the same. I used to think the same thing where I was like, oh, is that, is that normal? Isn't everyone, but no, it's not like not everyone has this like deep desire to be a mother, which is so interesting to me because it's just my natural way of being with all Uh my clients, right? You're a mother to your clients. Yeah. Yeah. You mother them, you nurture them, you care for them. You look out for their best interests, their well being. You can be a mother in like a myriad of different ways. Um, Yeah. Second question. Yeah. Is what does it mean to you to be your highest self? Hmm. So I think for me, I think it means being present in almost like everything I do, but also being able to like challenge myself. Um, uh, just like on a daily basis, like we kind of talked about, um, not being too all all or nothing in anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, your whole, uh, podcast is like, you know, what it means for me. Um, but I think for me, it's just like being super self-aware and, um, but following up with those things that I am self-aware with. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Before I hit record, I told Paige that we probably were like sisters in a past life. Because we literally (laughs) (laughs) like the same person. It's crazy. I know. Um, I feel like I've already met you. Like now we have to link up. (laughs) I know. If you ever are in California, come hang out. I know, Um, right? Vice versa, Colorado. Oh my gosh. Time just flew by. Thank you so much for um, just sharing with us. I can't believe it's only been two weeks 
all of that mm-hmm. happening for you, but all the healing you've done yeah. you know, before then has really led you to this. And I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge you for just how beautiful of a soul you are and your courage and your bravery. And, um, I like feel your mom here with us. And I know that she is so proud of the woman you've become. And I just want to acknowledge you for that. Oh, thank you so much. And honestly, like, um, yeah, a lot of the healing has been because I've engulfed myself and I've just known like there, I have to change like this can't, this is not what life's about. And so, yeah, it's been, I know it's going to be a big journey, but it's worth it. Like you said. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy because that's literally why I started this podcast. Yeah, no, you, and it's funny. Cause like when I reached out to you, I was like, you know, even if it's just changing, cause I, I saw like you had a post about like not getting as many likes as you wanted or, you know, not reaching as many people as you wanted, like versus like these people that get like thousands of hundreds of thousands of like, and I'm like, this is like, you just need like one person, like significantly impacted like this. And it just makes such a difference in what you do. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. And like, so that it was a podcast episode I did because it in the past it was very much ego for me yeah mm. and like being in the fitness industry and I really wanted to be I really wanted to win a pro show let me tell you I really yeah. wanted that crown on my head like I really really wanted it yeah and I'm I'm you know have done so much healing work but I'm not afraid to admit that a lot of the Instagram a lot of that was my ego and uh-huh. I wanted to be acknowledged and you know wanting that and like the likes and the followers and it was a big wake-up call like when um I realized wow I'm putting so much of my self-worth into Mm -hmm. this putting so much of my self-worth into how many people I help into how many people you know get impacted and so I've had to do so much on that and then just coming to this realization that you know what I'm not here to prove a thing no exactly not here. I'm just here to be myself, to share what I know, to be a value. And if I can change one person's life, amazing, but I'm not here to be famous. I really, I'm not here to be famous. I'm not here to be anything but myself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's surprising. Like when you do share your story, how much, how many people do resonate with that? And so it's like, don't be anything other than yourself. It's just, it's good to be authentic because one person is going to resonate with that or connect and they're going to need it, you know? Oh my gosh. So beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to connect with Paige, if you're ever in Colorado, need her services, want to train at her gym, how can they get in contact with you? Um, So we have a anytime fitness rock Rimmon page, which is my personal gym page. And then um, I just have a personal page, but you know, I'm always here to connect if you ever have a, you know, I I do a lot of, I like to talk about grief and like the challenges I faced there. So if you ever wanted to connect about that, I'm definitely open about that. Um, But yeah. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you reach out to her if that is something that you need support with, because I think like when we come together, we can help each other heal and that's how we can rise. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Don't forget to be your highest self. Bye for now. (laughs) 